He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a gorgeous uh, early summer, late spring morning in uh, the Hill Country. Boy, it's pretty out there. I guess it's going to be a dad gummit. It's going to be hot today. So uh, be nice to those uh, guys working out on the roofs and your framers. You know, I usually don't have to say that till July. <laughs> this year we're coming in with in May on that one. But be be nice to those guys that are out, those crews that are out working at your uh, place or building your new dream home or forever home in the hill country and uh, those guys up on the roofs. And, uh, you know, even those uh, poor guys, uh, uh, the plumbers crawling under the houses, just be nice to all the trades and uh, give them, yeah, take them a little Gatorade out there. Just not that, uh, what was that nasty flavor that Harley got? Uh, cucumber, cucumber Gatorade. You got to be kidding me. Don't take them any cucumber Gatorade. All right. So, um, but anyway, we've got a lot of, we got a great show lined up for you. First of all, at the end of the fourth quarter today, we're going to have Kathy, uh, my, our good friend, Kathy Lux on who went to the Capitol yesterday to watch that uh, movie, uh, Grid Down, Power Up, and listen to the panel on the uh, Texas grid, on our national grid. I watched that online uh, as well. And so we'll uh, we'll talk to Kathy about that. Just uh, It was an amazing presentation. We also have Steve Lehman on today with the Hill Country Preppers. He's going to be meeting tonight about purifying water. And uh, then, uh, of course, we're, we, it's Thursday. we got Jody Gould on, coming on to visit with us here in a few minutes. So early voting is going on uh, through tomorrow. I think tomorrow is the last day of early voting, and then we reconvene on Tuesday um, for Election Day again, unless you're going to be out of town or planning, you know, heart surgery or something on Tuesday. Please uh, go vote on Tuesday. And uh, you, we know that your ballot is uh, much more safer if you vote on election day. Um, when it comes to uh, we've got runoff elections, um, we've got precinct chairs going on as well. Uh, precinct 405 in Kerrville has a uh, has a couple of people running. And I want to tell you that Jack Kremen is the man you need to vote for without a doubt um, over in uh, 405. Uh, in Kerrville and in um, and in and in uh, uh, precinct 13 in Gillespie County, we definitely want to see David Tribes elected. He is being challenged by uh, one of the rhinos uh, who has actually kind of been responsible for the rhinoness of the uh, Gillespie uh, County Republicans for many years. And so it would be nice to uh, replace her and uh, put David Tribes on. I know David will be a more of a true Republican, a conservative re Republican than his challengers. And I can say the same for Jack uh, Kremen. So you guys go out, make sure you vote for precinct chairs. That's real important. Those precinct chairs are important. Um, also, the uh, runoff, the, the runoffs. Um, I can't tell you, uh, I just listen, Trump, I'm still getting 
the uh, uh, the the folks who are who are saying, well, Trump said to vote for so and so, and so last night I was sitting there thinking about this. How do we? I've got to tackle this one more time because we do not want Mr. Flores in as our senator. We want to have uh, Raul Reyes in as our senator. And one of the things that struck me last night was. If you if you were if you were uh, uh, one of those hardcore Trump uh, supporters, and you know I wasn't, and I've been real honest about that. I was Ted Cruz up until the last day, and then of course when I went in to vote, you know what? I voted for the Republican on the the ballot. Isn't, isn't that amazing? Even though I didn't support him in the primaries, I went in and voted for uh, Trump. So I want to address those who were who were the hardcore Trumpsters from the from the get go. You man, you guys got it right. That was good. I was wrong, um, and so. But I want to ask you, what is it that attracted you to Donald Trump in the first place? All right, and I know the answer to that question. The answer to that question is what attracted you to Donald Trump was that he didn't take no crap he stood up he spoke his mind even when even when 90 percent of the country said oh please stop tweeting this guy spoke his mind he stood up to what was the the the, the norm he stood up to the establishment all of these things he was loud proud bold never afraid to speak his mind and he was a disruptor he was a disruptor constantly disrupting that's what you liked about Donald Trump. You said this is a guy who's going to say no more of the no more Mr. Nice Guy. We're going to grab the bull by the horns and deal with this. Now, I want you to apply that same thing to the race between Raul Reyes and his establishment challenger. The man that Trump endorsed in that in that race is not loud. He is not a disruptor. He is not going to speak his mind. He is not that kind of a person. And you know that because we've all seen him here in the Hill Country. But Raul Reyes is that man. Raul Reyes will not be afraid to speak his mind. He's not going up to Austin to go along to get along with everybody. He's going up there to take the bull by the horns. And so I want to ask you if if whatever attracted you to Trump is not present in Reyes's challenger, but it is in Reyes. And so I want you to think about that, and I want you to apply that to some of the other endorsements that um, our Donald Trump, who ended up being a dadgum good president, even though I didn't believe for a second he would ever do that. Um, I, I, he had no record of being a conservative, none whatsoever. Um, he had been, and so when he's running, I, it's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's no way he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And then he did. And so absolutely, um, the, you had to drag me kicking and screaming into the Trump, uh, uh, into the Trump rally, but I am there and, uh, I did vote for him in the first and the second time around. Keep that in mind, all right? Look for these candidates who are the disruptors, who those who are loud, those who are going to call a spade a spade and grab the bull by the horns, and can we come up with any more 
of those uh, cute little sayings like that. Um, we need to take a break. When we get back, we're going to give uh, Jody Gould on the line with us. And uh, here's a little bit of Ben Franklin, Poor Richard's Almanac from 1737. And I've used this one before, but that's all right. Don't go to the doctor with every distemper, nor to the lawyer with every quarrel, nor to the pot for every thirst. Folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back. I have on the line with me my good friend, um, my good friend Jody Gould, who is the proprietor of the Tejas Smoke Depot. She's uh, currently uh, packing up the uh, um, packing up the uh, vehicle to head to the beach. I am so jealous. And uh, man, listen, I need to get my wife uh, to the beach. Maybe I can send my wife with y'all. How does that sound, Jody? Well, sure, bring her on. We. Uh we, we we'll make room. Okay, there you go. She needs a man. She desperately needs a trip to the beach. So I gotta Uh-oh, figure. I gotta yeah, figure something out. I know. I know. I'm gonna have to get on it. So um, you are the owner of the Tejas Smoke Depot. The you have been a sponsor of this program for goodness for several years now, almost as long as I've been on the air, and we appreciate your support. Um, you've got an awesome, um, walk-in humidor. Tell us what else, um, what, tell us what else, uh, is in, uh, the Tejas Smoke Depot. Well, as you know, we have that 150 square foot walk-in humidor, um, with all kinds of fine cigars. And then we have all kinds of other tobacco products, uh, under premium cigars, little cigars, cigarettes, all your own tobacco, pipe tobaccos, um, snuffs. To, you know, old school snuff that Earl Garrett, you know, that Granny used to do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and uh, beer and wine, of course, to go along with that tobacco. It's always nice. And snacks and sodas and um, little trinkets here and there. If we see something that we like, we'll bring it in. The bumper sticker looks really cool. We'll, we'll do that, too. And then, of course, we have CBD products and, um, and all the accessories that go along with um Tobacco use, roll your own tobaccos, um, papers, pipes, you name it, we got it. If we don't, we'll try to get it. We'll try to get it for you. There you go. Folks, um, also every week we uh, we uh, have a phrase that pays, and when you use that phrase in the store, when you make a purchase, you will get a discount and you will get your name in the uh, hat for a monthly drawing. What is the phrase that pays this week? This week's phrase is life's a beach, enjoy the waves. Life's a beach, enjoy the waves. All right. So go into the Taos Smoke Depot. They're on the west end of town. Uh, Go down Main Street West, and uh, when you get to the Y at the end of the town, go off to the left and down a wee bit on the left. You will see the Tejas Smoke Depot. If you got the kids in the truck with you, just go ahead and make a counterclockwise circle around the building, and that'll pull you right up to the window where Jody or one of her awesome uh, family members or employees 
will um, will wait on you and uh, take care of you. Uh, and if you don't have the kids, come on in and visit. Well, there's some good people there, good patriots, and you would really enjoy getting to know Dave and Jody and any of those awesome people that work there for them. So um, the um, uh, there you go. And I understand uh, y'all will have some specials over Memorial Day weekend? Yes, we normally do a weekend sale around Memorial Day, and of course, we will be closed on Monday Memorial Day. Okay. Um, to honor those that have honored us. That's right. So, Jody, y'all have a safe trip uh, to the coast. Uh, get a lot of sand between your toes and um, enjoy it for all the rest of us. And uh, thank you again for your uh, constant support of uh, not only the Hill Country Patriot and my program, but the Fredericksburg Tea Party as well. You're welcome, Matt. And, well, you have a good weekend, and we'll be thinking about you. All right. Well. There you go. All right. Thank you, Jody. All right. There you go, folks. Um, go give them some business. Listen, these guys are um, the, these guys are, are good people, and uh, anybody that supports us, um, we need to be supporting them. We need to start looking out for each other. Um, we have um, <clears throat> the uh, Dade Feeling are probably uh, probably very likely going to be the next uh, Speaker of the House. Um, has been working a lot of uh, the interim uh, things. Interim is in means in between. It actually means in between kings, uh, interregnum, um, but it uh, we use it to mean uh, interim in the, in the meantime. And so between sessions, because the Texas legislature only meets once every two years, for 140 days and uh, so in between those sessions there are assignments that are made and so there's a lot of research and a lot of hearings that go on and uh, they cannot vote on anything but they can certainly take in information very often it's from very often it is from um uh, invited testimonies so if they're you know trying to take a look at legislation on i don't know dog leashes or something they'll invite uh, you know dog experts and leash experts in and uh, sometimes during the interims they take uh, public testimony sometimes they don't um so there was an interview that dade Phelan gave to the beaumont enterprise uh, on uh, it was published on may 16th it is in the beaumont enterprise uh, the author is Caitlin Bain, and Caitlin interviewed and uh, uh, Dade Phelan. And uh, so I started looking at this interview, and there was some just uh, some very strange things. And so the first question that uh, Mr. Phelan uh, was asked was, um, how is, uh, let's see, can you give us an update on how preliminary between session work is going on, your priorities, criminal justice and health care? Okay, they ask his priorities, criminal justice and health care. Those are the priorities of Dade Phelan, and that's the way she asked it. In fact, he didn't answer by saying, well, you know, we should look to the priorities of the Republican Party and the people that elected me. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said he answered by saying, well, it's going very well. It's a good start to the interim uh, folks, the interim's almost over. Uh, the interim began in May of last year, and he is calling it a good start to the interim. That's uh, May of this year. That's a year. A year has gone by in the interim. Um, 
And then he says a lot of voters and constituents might not realize it's a year-round uh, process. And then he goes on to tell us about the Criminal Justice uh, Committee. And, and he's speaking in on uh, the Melissa Lucio. This was the woman who, um, I don't remember if she was executed or if she was, uh, yeah, I think of the stay is still on. Um, and uh, so he's now getting into the middle of a, um, a legal process as Speaker of the House. Um, he says, I don't know if she's innocent or guilty, but I know she deserves a fair trial. Listen, folks, she got a fair trial and she was declared guilty. And so Dade Phelan's misunderstanding of that um, is, uh, I find it quite fascinating. But let's go on to the first part. My point was when he was talking about his priorities, because his priorities, criminal justice and health care, Let's uh, take a look on uh, the uh, legislative priorities of the Republican Party that tens of thousands of man hours were put into and voted on by members of the Republican Party at the uh, state convention uh, two years ago. Um, let's see, election integrity? Nope, that's not criminal justice and health care. Let me see, religious freedom? Uh, that's not criminal justice and health care. Let's see what else the Republicans say are priorities. Um, children and gender modification. Ah, does that fit into criminal justice and health care? Eh, not really. Abolition of abortion? Uh, criminal, no, that doesn't fit. Constitutional carry? Uh, that, that doesn't fit. Monument protection? Uh, no, that, that doesn't fit. School choice for all? Criminal. What, what's up with Dade Phelan's priorities? If that's what he's working on is criminal justice and health care, does he not sound like a democrat if we had a democrat speaker of the house which folks the way it keeps going well we, we've essentially had one for many years now um and this is exactly what the democrats would want criminal justice and health care for all right criminal justice and health care for all those are the, the the flags of democrats and here it is, Dade Phelan, that's, his, uh, that, that's uh, what he's working on and concerned with. And listen, how does Dade Phelan get elected to the Speaker of the House? By your Republican representatives. Um, let's see, here we go. Uh, and then, here's another interesting thing. Later on in this uh, interview, he talks about, he refers to the Republicans and the Republican Party as if he were an outsider. Let me, let me try to explain that. So one of his answers to the question, let's see, uh, this, is, uh, this is still his answer to the, uh, uh, your preliminary uh, between sessions work. Um, and he says on there about health care, if Republicans are going to say you can't have Affordable Care Act in Texas, we have to think of another option. Just, just listen to that. If Republicans are going to, he is a Republican. He's the leader of the Republicans in the Texas House. I'm not sure if he's the, I don't think he is the leader of the Republican caucus. I don't know about that, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was kind of a de facto um, uh, thing that happened when you become the Speaker of the House. You're also the leader of the caucus. I don't know. We, they may have another Republican caucus. But notice how he says, if Republicans are going to say whatever, he's speaking as if he wasn't a Republican. He's speaking as if he were 
from the outside looking in, pointing a finger at Republicans. Yep, this is the guy your Republican representatives have elected now for two sessions and probably going to elect for this next session. Um, here's one more before we go. We need, uh, we need to stay on time today because we have a number of guests. Um, here's another one. He says, um, we need to start talking about affordable housing. Folks, if you're still a conservative, and if you still call yourself a Republican and a conservative, um, affordable housing is none of the government's dead gum business. And if you call yourself a if you call yourself a conservative and a Republican, and you want to talk to me about that, feel free to give me a call. You've got my cell number. Affordable housing is not something that is a conservative or Republican issue. That's a Democrat issue. Dade Phelan showing more of his cards. Folks, y'all stay tuned. We're going to be right back. We're going to get uh, Steve Lehman with the Hill Country Preppers on the phone. We are back. Uh, I have on the line with me Mr. Stephen Lehman and uh, with the Hill Country Preppers. Uh, Stephen and his uh, sister uh, created uh, the Hill Country Preppers. Um, how, how long ago, Stephen, was that you guys have been doing this? Uh, actually, next month will be a full 10 years. Wow, that's great. That That's amazing. And you're still there. You're still meeting every month. And and uh, you're meeting at Buzzies, and so that is uh, that uh, that is a plus um, because Absolutely. you get to go early and eat barbecue and order both desserts. Um, so, who is your uh, speaker this evening, and uh, what are y'all going to be talking about today? Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about water filtration and water uh, purification, the difference between the two, the various methods you can use. Uh, in case you uh, can't get to clean water, either through your tap or your well or whatever happens. Uh, it's always important to have uh, a couple of methods of, of purifying your water just in case something happens to your water supply. Mm-hmm. So are you, um, so we're talking about um, things that you can do to purify, or are we talking about um, things you can buy to help purify, or maybe a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Uh, there are several good products out there, uh, some more expensive than others. You can actually make uh, uh, a water filter, um, and then uh, you can apply different methods to purify the water so you can actually drink it. Okay. And um, how about salt water? What do we, is uh, can we deal with salt water? If you you know you've heard the saying you know water water everywhere but not a drop to drink. Are we at a point where if you live near the coast that salt water could be useful to you? Is there a way to take care of that? Yeah, the way to get uh, uh, drinkable water out of salt water is to boil it. Okay. And distill it. Ah, um, distill it. Yeah, and in other words, you, you, you boil the water and collect the steam, and, uh, and then you can drink that. 
Okay. All right. Uh, that so even yeah, even that can be done. Okay, and um, I've seen things like straws, apparently, that you could drink through, uh, you know, go to a puddle on the side of the road. and Are, are those things, uh, are those hit and miss, or are some of those straws good? There's a couple of good brands out there, uh, that, and we're going to be covering all of that at our meeting tonight. We're going to be talking about the straws, uh, the, 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 des- the desktop water filters, uh, the difference between ceramic and carbon and chlorine and all that good stuff. Man, that uh, listen, folks, this is very, very informative, and that's true. Every month, the uh, third Thursday of every month when the Hill Country Preppers meet, there is going to be something good. Y'all were, I know quite a while back, y'all did a canning class. I've got lots of friends right now who are getting into canning again. Um is that something you guys might think about doing again in the future? Yeah, we do that. We do that periodically. Uh, we also want to focus a little bit more on uh, medical issues, uh, just a little bit above first, just basic first aid. But yeah, uh, food storage, food preparation is is a big uh, is a big uh, plus, and uh, we teach people how to do that too. All right, folks, Steve Lehman with the Hill Country Preppers and his sister are going to be meeting tonight at Buzzy's Barbecue. That's over here in Kerrville. Uh, the meeting starts at 6, but show up early. They'll let you eat during the meeting. You know, unless you're a loud eater. If you're a loud eater, then just go really early and eat before, so you don't disrupt anybody. But the meeting starts at 6. Go early. Get some barbecue. In fact... Take some home, order an extra barbecue plate to take home. You can put it in the fridge and have it for lunch on Friday. Um, did I miss anything, Stephen? No, no, you covered everything. We're gonna. It's going to be a good discussion. There will be lots of good feedback, and hopefully we'll, we'll teach the uh, people there to, to better take care of their water and uh, how to fix their, their dirty water. All right. Steve, thank you very much for taking the time, and... Uh, Wish you the best tonight. Hope you have a big meeting. Thank you again for coming on. You bet. Thank you for having me. All right. So there we go. Steve Lehman, y'all go check it out. This group's been around 10 years. Man, we, I don't know. We ought to send a birthday card or something. That's that's pretty good. That's really good. All right. So um, I've got an article here. This is interesting. We um, When we were um, talking with the school um, um, uh, the superintendent at the Fredericksburg Tea Party meeting, a while back, and um, we were talking about the um, bond that did pass, the middle school uh, bond and buses and IT and all kinds of stuff. They jammed into that bond, and it did pass, which uh, most school bonds in Texas do pass. Um, and so I didn't, I wasn't surprised that it passed. Uh, one of the things, one of the questions that I, that I brought up to them was how is inflation and uh, the lack of materials or the shortage of materials or the supply chain issues, how is this going to affect the estimates? Because they came up with this number of $82 million, and I asked them, I said, that's pretty specific. It's not 81, and it's not 83 million. It's 82 million. So you obviously based that on bid, or maybe not bids, but on estimates they got, 
and those estimates were not recently. I mean, probably, it, I mean, the very newest they would have been would have been two or three months old. Very likely that their estimates and, and what they were basing that $82 million on was, um, was, was uh, maybe a year ago when they started working on this. And so I asked them um, about how is that going to affect this uh, $82 million? Should you be asking more? Should you be waiting for a time when we don't have uh, inflation as bad as we have right now? And, and they were just, oh, they built into it for inflation and all of that. And again, I, I followed up with, well, but the inflation rate wasn't as high as it is when you put those together. It's not as high as it is now. But they just assured us that, um, and they had like three accountants there, and they assured us that, oh, no, this is going to be fine. So I'm reading this article on the text in a couple of days. This is uh, go. This is from May 11th, and uh, this is the title, um, Austin Light Rail Project Cost Estimate Rises by 77% Increase. So what did they do? These guys in Austin came up and said, and they told the voters, we want to... Um, we want to um, uh, borrow $5.4 billion from uh, somebody that the, uh, the folks in uh, Austin will pay for by their tax increase. That was a 20% tax increase for Austin voters. They approved that. A 20% uh, um, uh, increase in city properties for a 5.4 billion rail project. Now, part of this railroad, they're going to run it underneath. They're going to run this railroad underneath downtown Austin. So they're trying to put subways in. They're going to have a line that runs above ground out to the uh, airport. Um, uh, let's see, from Lamar, North Lamar, down to Stasny Lane in South Austin. And then let's see, oh, yeah, there's going to be a North Lamar uh, Transit Center and a Subway Center downtown. So, um, so yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, all we need is uh, $5.4 Well, it, it, here's how the article starts. Due to inflation, property value increases, <laughs> and it goes on from there. So the $5.4 now, uh, let's see it. No, it went to $5.8 later on in the article. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. Now it's going to be up to $10.3 So they borrowed that money promising you it was going to be $5.4 Actually, they were going to get some money from the feds, and so it was a total of $7.1 billion. But uh, that 20% property tax increase was only for the $5.4 billion. So $7.1 billion went to $10.3 billion due to what? Inflation and property value increases. Let me ask you a question. Do we have inflation in uh, Gillespie County and Kerr County? Duh, yes, we do. Are our property values increasing? Why, yes, they are. So the next question is, why is it that we just passed all of these bonds? You had Prop A. Do you think by the time the rate of inflation is going now, the 
the property value increases as these uh, two, both of these projects need to buy property. Do you think the money they asked for and that you gave them is now going to cover that by the time they get the project done? I think the answer is a flat out no. But we fall for it every time, don't we? We fall for it every time because you see all these signs down the road. It's for the kids. It's for the children. We got to do it for the kids. And we fall for it. And we ask them really adult questions, right? Adult questions like, do you think inflation is going to affect your bid, affect your um, your your um, guesses at the, the, the cost of materials? Do you think, of course it's going to. How are you going to cover that? They said, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It, 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 it. We won't come back and ask for more money to finish the project. And yet, if you looked into the um, Gillespie County, the school bond in, in uh, Gillespie County, inside, inside the legal language, it said, by the way, if you vote yes for this at any time in the future, we can raise your taxes without no limit and without asking you to pay for these bonds. So if uh, it goes a 77% increase in that um, 82 billion, let's see, that would be another 50, about 60, 80, uh, rough math in my head, uh, that's going to end up being 1.4 million if that follows the pattern that was followed in Austin. Now, I don't think it will, but just using that as an example, that's what could happen um, and uh, it could go from the 82 million to 140. I misspoke to 140 million really quick just because of inflation and property value increases. And they've already got the green light for you to increase your taxes without asking you over the state limit without asking you because you just gave them permission. So congratulations. Um, you're going to get a new middle school and you're going to pay a crap load more than you thought you were going to pay and the crap load more than what they said it was going to cost guaranteed. That's going to happen. Folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're going to have Kathy Lux on the line with us. Y'all stay tuned to Kathy. All right, folks, we are back. I have on the line with me a very good friend, a hardworking member of the Fredericksburg Tea Party. One of the folks that when we say we need to go to the Capitol to do something, man, she grabs her husband, Gene, by the ears, and the two of them go down there. And uh, I'm telling you, Kathy Lux, um, also known to our local newspaper as Kathy Luz. Um, Kathy, welcome uh, to the Matt Long Show. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So yesterday, and we talked about this for about a week on the air, there was an event up at the Capitol down in the auditorium. Uh, they showed a film called, a, a, a documentary called Grid Down, Power Up. And it was about an hour long, and then they followed that with a panel discussion with uh, five amazing experts about cybersecurity and our electrical infrastructure and um absolutely and you talk about experience one of the fellas there 
was in charge of hardening the military's um, uh, uh, critical electrical infrastructure for the government. So this is already going on. Tell what was your what? Tell us just first of all what you after when you were when the the the, the curtain came down. What were your first thoughts? Well, my first thought is, and I've, I've sort of prioritized prioritized the vulnerabilities that I that, that were identified. Uh, in my opinion, um, but the first thought that I the takeaway that I got is that protecting the grid is far more than winterizing the gas-powered turbines that produce our power. Yes. So when Governor Abbott says he's fixed it, it's all done, it's not. Um, so we have a lot of vulnerabilities in our grid, and uh, number one, I just sort of ranked them one through four. If I could just go through those and um, just kind of explain why they're, they're ranked the way they are. Go for it. Uh, I kind of I ranked them by most likely to happen. And one is vandalism and uh, just some disgruntled person going and shooting up these um, transformers, these high-voltage uh, high transformers. One uh, incident happened in 2013 out in um, uh, California uh, where a person in Metcalf, California, a person sh- with an AK-47 shot up 17 transformers. The power was luckily able to be rerouted, and no one has ever been caught. And one year later, it came out in the uh, Wall Street Journal, and the FBI stated that it was an, uh, an, a disgruntled employee. Mm. And they were, they, it wasn't reported for a year, mm. mind you. And, and so uh, even today, there are no security measures in place in any of our uh, power supply, our, our power-producing areas. Let me number two, let me let me interrupt okay. you before you go to number two, um, because uh-huh. you mentioned uh, the uh, the vandalism that that's your number one is an attack or vandalism on transformers. How many transformers totally do we have in the country? And I know it's not a trick question. No, no, I have the notes. Um, fifty. There's fifty five thousand high voltage transformers and in the country. Takes, yes, in the country in our in in the country. Um, and it only takes nine to be taken out. So out of 55,000, if our enemy, and we're not giving away any secrets, they know this already, don't they? Correct. If they were to attack these nine transformers simultaneously, or even a portion of them, we would go back to the 19th century, the entire country would. Is that, is that the message we got back yet, we got yesterday? Yes, and and the reason that it, it it would it would be disastrous for those nine to be even one, but nine of them to be taken out is it takes eighteen months to get a new transformer to replace it, and those transformers are being built. Guess where? Oh, China. Oh, China! Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, they don't build them in the United States, and uh, so that's that's. Problem number, issue number one, vandalism. Issue number two is cyber sabotage. They did that. The Russians sabotaged um, the Ukraine uh, back, I can't remember when, but, um, and, and, it, and it took out their banking system. It took out their um, tra- uh, transportation. It took out uh, many, many things. 
and it was not it was a small potatoes their their goal is the united states it was a practice run yeah that's that is what and i and i remember seeing that in the movie and i don't know if it was somebody in ukraine or if it was another uh expert who said listen russia was not this wasn't a, this wasn't specifically on Ukraine. Now they've obviously we've been Russian Ukraine have been going at it for many many years. This latest is just the uh, well, it's just the latest. And uh, so yeah, I believe it was 2014. I'm just going by my my memory. And the uh, the Russians attacked the uh, uh, through cyber attack on Ukraine and did a bunch of damage. And uh, many people saw that as a practice run, and that was uh, reported, uh, that was part of the film. So what's your third one then? Okay, my third one is electromagnetic pulse, which, okay. is, uh, which is created when a, uh, when a nuclear device is detonated above the United States in the atmosphere. Um, Iran, Russia, and China are all knowledgeable of what it would do to our uh, grid, and they are all practicing things like um, Iran just uh, sent out over the Caspian Sea. They uh, launched a missile that, and, and they think that it was in practice to be able to launch one of these uh, nuclear devices. It doesn't have to hit the Earth right. to do damage. Um, and then number four is a geomagnetic disturbance threat. And we can't do anything to prevent this. This is... This is created when a solar flare happens in a large scale. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I lived in Alaska, my husband was uh, worked with uh, my, uh, communications, and they used microwave uh, signals to, for communications, and they would have solar flare times when, when, they, when, it, when it would in, interrupt communications. So I know that for a fact that the sun does affect certain mm -hmm. things. And uh, it could be a big blast. And, and it happened one time in the 1800s. I can't remember the date. I didn't take that down. But uh, we know, we've known about it since the 90s that this is a, a problem. But if we hardened our grid, uh, it would protect us from this. Um, so, uh, you know, in, in each city, and, what, and the other takeaways that I, that I had, gosh, there was so much. This is like a three-hour show. We could talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but each city, they, they have the technology now and the know-how that each city can harden their own grid uh, if the will is there. But it takes a community and power company to collaborate, and, you know, yes. to uh, work on it. And um, the power companies are not, not too interested in doing this. Um, and there's 1.2 billion reasons why. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us what those 1.2 billion reasons are. $1.2 billion is the um, amount that the electric companies have spent lobbying to keep this from becoming, uh, from, from having to protect the grid. Uh, Bob Hall has, has, um, has uh, introduced three different sessions bills to harden the grid to get people interested in hardening the grid they have never passed texas has its own grid we are not depending on the federal government to do it uh, we can harden our own but there has to be the will and um there you go i mean the will is of, of influenced by the lobbyists 
I think um, I think that um, you know if we go back three sessions, and that's when uh, Governor or when uh, Senator Hall started, and he was always this was always one of his priorities was to get our grid protected. And um, I think six years ago, when he was trying to preach this, I think a lot of us and a lot of people probably, I, I don't know, rightly so, or, or, or um, you could argue that they were right, that six years ago, this may, or, this may have not been a major worry. You would say, well, nobody's going to blow up a nuclear bomb over the country, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward six years, and now we're not too sure if someone may or may not do something like that. And so the the thing that was wasted now was six years when we could have been getting ahead of this. He has also offered more than 50 hours of education in the last three sessions. Um, and that includes things like this movie that we just shaw, saw and the and all and and it's still not being looked at. There are three, and we're boy, we just don't have time. You're right. We need three hours for this. One, one of the things that came up, uh, the three questions that are put forward by those who not sure if they want to go forward with this is, number one, we don't know how to, we don't know what to do, we don't know how to do it, and it's going to cost too much. And uh, all three of those arguments were shot down in this presentation yesterday. We do know what to do. We do know how to do it. And the there was one the, the the one estimate at a hundred dollars per uh, per uh, per human in the United States would pay for this, and uh, so there's so we we look we're down to the last two minutes. So what what is it that we need to do, um, you and I and our listeners? What is it that we can do to help move this uh, forward? Okay, we can write our legislators. We can call them the same way we got a, a permitless carry pass. Uh, but also, we as consumers can write our electricity companies, our power companies. Uh, when you send in your bill payment, just say, we want our grid hardened, period. They know what we're talking about. Um, the other thing we can do is is uh, go to the prepper meetings <laughs> and yeah. get ready yourself to take care of yourself. Be self-sufficient. Um, have a plan for yep. because we will be without water. We will be without uh, power to cook our food. We will be without um, medicine, our hospitals. I mean, it is, uh, and they said that if we got hit power down for a year, seven out of ten people would die. All right. We are down. We are completely out of town. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. We will uh, see you all tomorrow.